So how good is Mike Montgomery, is Logan Morrison a thing again, and who leads the American League in triples? We will answer those questions for you and more on today's episode of Fantasy Baseball Today. I am Adam Azer. Hello, everyone. And hello, Scott White. Hello, Adam Azer. Yes, that is Nice me. to talk to you again. It is always nice to talk to you. I thought we were going to get a little Chris Towers action on here, the fantasy wet blanket Chris Towers. Uh, <laughs> and I have a song to sing for Chris, and he's not here. But I'll try to get him on. Nice that he has a nickname, the Fantasy Wet Blanket. He was a wet blanket about Reese Hoskins. He said, you know, only five of his home runs have been 400 feet or something like that. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Yes, we did discuss that yesterday. Yeah, so I have a song. Only half of those home runs he's hitting 70 at-bats. I I have a a Reese Lightning parody that I was going to sing to Chris, but he's not here. Well, now you're going to have to sing it anyway, now that you brought it up. I'm going to try to get him on just for, like, 20 seconds so I can sing to him. Okay. Uh, but Sounds good. Scott, who who leads the American League in triples? Uh, well, I believe Evan Gaddis did last year, but it's so, but I, it, I don't think it's him. It's, um, triples. I don't often look at that. Uh, I will guess Nick Castellanos. That Gardner does. It's Nick Castellanos. Ah, Nick Castellanos. Isn't that weird? It's, it's about as weird as Evan Gaddis. Yeah, it's weird. I, I kind of, I kind of topped it with an even weirder tidbit from last year, didn't I? Oh, the Evan Gaddis thing? Yeah, the Evan Gaddis <laughs> thing. That was so crazy. Uh, what's not crazy though? Well, you know you... what? It's not even true. In 2015, Gaddis had 11 triples, but it wasn't a league leading total. So it was two years ago and didn't quite lead the league. So sorry. Okay, fair enough. He still, it was still crazy to hit 11 triples. Now, what's not crazy though is using ZipRecruiter if you're hiring. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter. All with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Try it for free, everyone. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. If you're hiring, it's a really good, a really good website for you, and I'll tell you more about it a little bit later. All right, we gotta start, uh, we gotta start with the standouts here, Scott, and I think we gotta go to Mike Montgomery, who is 62% owned, and he threw another gem, not certain that he will make a start this weekend. But what do you think about Mike Montgomery right now? If he does start this weekend, it would be against the Braves. Hey, guess who just walked in the room? Oh, he's on. Chris Towers walked in. Fantasy uh, wet blanket. Headset. Chris headset. Towers. Yeah. <sighs> Here he comes. The fantasy wet blanket. Adam wrote a song just for you, Chris. Uh, we gotta we gotta get his mic on. Uh, all right, all right. There he What's is. the song? What's my song? Okay. Sing me your little sad song, if, Adam. If anybody wants to join in on the on the backup vocals for for Reese Lightning, Reese Lightning, go for it. Okay, here we go. I got it. I got it. Three, two, one. Go Reese Lightning, you're Homer in every day. Reese Lightning, Reese Lightning, go Reese Lightning. Chris Towers think you're just okay. Reese Lightning, go Reese Lightning. You cannot reach. 400 feet. You're Reese Lightning. Go, 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 go. There it is. That's it. You stayed up all night for that? Nah, it took me about two seconds. All right, all right, look. Look, I don't hate Reese Hoskins. I just, I think it's important to note when players are doing, look, we can get excited, we can be fans, and we can enjoy these in, incredible moments that guys like Reese Hoskins and Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge have provided this season. But when it comes to young players specifically, like Reese Hoskins or Aaron Judge, we tend to get too excited and we tend to assume that the outlier performance represents normal. I don't think anybody's thinking yeah, he's going to be Nobody thinks he's going to be a 90 homer guy. Sure. But people, if Reese Hoskins finishes this season with 20 home runs, that would be incredible. Yeah. And he's what, halfway there? Uh, I would, I would guess he doesn't hit nine more home runs the rest of the season, but I, I don't think it matters. I think he's a stud regardless right, because but if the plate hits, discipline is so if good. If he hits 20 home runs the rest of the season, people are going to look at him and say, well, this guy needs to be a third round pick next year. This guy needs to be a fifth round pick. That's probably too much. It might be when we line all the players up, but I, I legitimately think, and it may be as soon as next year, Reese Hoskins is going to be an elite first baseman in fantasy. Uh, there's, 
There's an obvious top four at the position that heading into next really year. really high. It, it's not as high as it used to be because Miguel Cabrera's uh, dropped a lot. Edwin Encarnacion's dropped a little. There's an obvious top five at the position. Daniel Murphy's not going to be eligible there next year. Uh, you know, if I if I had to pick a guy for that fifth spot, ranking players for next year, you know, the most sensible pick would be uh, be uh, Cody Bellinger after the obvious top four all right, all right, are, are Goldschmidt, Votto, Rizzo, and Freeman. How about these? You're drafting next season. You mm-hmm. need a first baseman. You need a corner in. You've got Justin Bohr, Justin Smoke, and Reese Hoskins. Who are you taking? Depends how Reese Hoskins closes out the season. Today I would take Justin Smoke. Okay. But Reese Hoskins definitely had a bore. What about I mean, you, Chris? Definitely? Where, I, I, I have a hard time looking at Reese Hoskins and not seeing similar numbers to Anthony Rizzo. But you I, did... I don't think the power potential should be in question at all. He's basically done it two years in a row now at three different levels. Yeah, but how many 400 foot home runs? <laughs> but you you were pretty impressed with with Justin Boris Scott earlier this year. You you called you said stud turn, and yeah, hadn't and I showed did. no signs of slowing down before his injury. But I think there's a lot more evidence backing up Reese Hoskins than than Justin Bohr. Has Reese Hoskins ever stopped in the middle of a home run derby to eat a donut? <laughs> Case closed. Not yet. Bye, Chris. <laughs> Sorry for the terrible song. You would like to know though that I got a text message from my wife who overheard me singing. Uh, Greece? Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Who did I marry? Yeah. I don't even know you anymore. Uh, they say, they say it all changes after marriage. Adam. I guess so. I guess so. Okay. So that was a nice, uh, impromptu Reese Lightning discussion. And, uh, back to Mike Montgomery though. Mike Montgomery. Oh. Yeah. Him. Yes. Mike Montgomery. What, what do you think? I'd be very interested in him if I knew he was going to stay in the rotation. But I think the only way he does is if the Cubs decide to go six man for a while. This is three good starts in a row, though. Obviously, one was about a month earlier than the other two. There were some relief appearances mixed in. But uh, great supporting cast, and he's he's a solid pitcher when he gets the chance. Yeah. All right, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm not rushing to Adam just because of what Scott said. The Cubs might have to go six-man to get Montgomery another start next week, or even this week. Which but- they've – Joe Madden has at least floated the idea out the I, I said idea. The idea out there. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I don't think it would be long-term, even no, if it does happen. No. Teams don't do that long-term. Maybe just a turn. Uh, any other standouts from yesterday? It was not the most action-packed day. But, we, you know, we can always sing songs about stuff. Any other standouts Blake from Parker, yesterday? Blake Parker, right? Yeah, yeah. And you, you seem less than enthused. I, I'm tired of guessing who the closer's going to be, but I, if there's one oh. right now, I'd pick Parker. Two turns in a row, it's been Parker, and he is the angel. He has been the Angels' best reliever this year. In terms of FIP, he is top 15. He's 15th, basically, among all relievers with at least 30 innings in FIP this year. So he has closer ability. Struck out the side yesterday in the ninth inning. Also walked the guy, but that was the only, the only base runner he allowed. Angels are right in the thick of the playoff race. They've had a ton of save opportunities recently, which is part of what makes it so frustrating that they keep going with different options. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, based on what happened with Parker yesterday and what happened in the Rockies' bullpen yesterday, which was also interesting, I would prioritize Parker over McGee right now. I'd prioritize him over anybody in the Cardinals' bullpen. That's fair. Yeah, so, so Bud Black said that he still believes in... In, uh, De- in Derek Holland, and he pitched him in the ninth. They were Greg trailing. Holland. Yeah, Greg Holland. He doesn't believe so much in Derek Holland. They, they were, were trailing. trailing by one run. Yep, and McGee pitched the eighth, and Holland pitched the ninth. Scoreless, right. both of them. Right. And I don't know that Holland's back yet. I don't know that he would have used him if it was actually a save opportunity rather than trailing by a run. But it is interesting that Holland was the one working the ninth when, when McGee, in a game where McGee also pitched. How about Zach Britton, who got a save yesterday? Britton or Parker? I mean, we know Britton is a closer, so I have to go Britton right now. If if Mike Sosha came out this afternoon and said, Blake Parker is my closer, I would rather have Parker. Parker's only owned in 10% of leagues. Exactly. CBS leagues. So, so there you go. You pump him up a little. You know, I'd rather have Shane Green than Zach Britton. He's been so good. And he's only 51% owned. Yeah. 
Yep, make it happen. Make it happen, Cap'n. All right, news and notes. Aaron Judge getting a few days off. He has repeatedly received treatment on his shoulder lately, according to MLB.com. I hope there's some type of physical explanation for his slump. It's pretty scary how bad he's been since the All-Star break. <clears throat> but Judge will get a few days to uh, get refreshed. It worked for Andrew Benintendi. It worked for Andrew McCutcheon last year. Hopefully it will work for another guy whose name begins with A. I think that is the key there. The uh, the Royals have not scored in 43 innings. They got shut out again. They are five shy of the MLB record. Scott White, do they set the record tonight with with six more shutout innings? They are facing Alex Cobb. I'm going to predict they don't, but it's certainly feasible. Alex Cobb could do that. I mean, any pitcher is capable of stringing together six innings. They are too. The Royals right now are too close for comfort, especially since they're fighting for a wild card spot. Yeah, so I'm glad I – as of now, I'm glad I started Alex Cobb. We'll see what happens, but <laughs> love the matchup. Famous last words. Now, Danny Duffy was charged with DUI on Sunday, so we will have to keep an eye on that. Ugh. Buster Posey has inflammation and a bone bruise in his thumb. He's day-to-day. Everybody's going to avoid the DL at this point because September's right around the corner, and you're more or less not going on the DL unless you're out for the season. That might be a slight exaggeration, but it's very frustrating. You're not going on the 15-day DL because 15-day DL means you're not free. You're, you're not freeing up a 40-man roster spot if you just go on the 15-day DL. Right. Also, if you go on the 15-day DL, you are officially living time traveling to 2016 and earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Yeah, 10-day DL is what I meant. But right. players might still go on the 60-day DL to. Uh, get another player on the 40-man roster, which would, in September, mean they're also eligible for the Major League roster. Tur- uh, Trey Turner is going to be back today. Yay! Ian Desmond, he's back. He was originally out of the lineup, but he did replace Carlos Gonzalez, who had a sore ankle. So they kept Trevor Story at shortstop. He had a decent game. <clears throat> and Desmond played in the outfield. Jason Worth is back, Scott. Uh, is Worth any- worth anything other than a NL only pick? Oh, I, yeah, I didn't even notice it. I don't think My so. He did homer yesterday, and I imagine there will be some week where the matchups are so good he he winds up in my top ten sleepers column, but uh, I, I don't think he should be a, a big priority for anybody right now. Jackie Bradley Jr. should be back on Friday. Odubel Herrera could also be back on Friday. And Johnny Cueto could return in about a week. I suppose there's a slight chance this weekend, but I think we're looking at next week for Cueto. What do you expect from Cueto? I, I do see people emailing randomly, Johnny Cueto's available in my league. Is he a must-add for you? Yeah, he should absolutely be owned. I would want to see him actually have a good start before I activated him in a league because obviously he hasn't been pitching well all year. I feel like there are physical health-related reasons for that that are hopefully behind him now. But um has to prove it first. 1-800-PROVE-IT. <laughs> uh, the Astros are going to play their home games at Tropicana Field in Tampa. Does that change? That's all week. They're going to play six games against the Rangers and then the Mets. At Tropicana Field, a much worse park. Does that change anything for you with a fringier Astro? I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's a more, more pitcher friendly park than, than Houston has. So, I don't know. I don't know that it changes that much, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm just glad they're playing. Yeah, same here. And we'll see what the, the crowd is like. We'll probably, alright, cheap shot. Probably gonna resemble a Rays game. Cheap shot. I bet. Uh. I'm sorry. <laughs> Justin Bohr took swings in a batting cage. Mike Trout said uh, he sat yesterday after he ran into the outfield wall on Sunday. He's 0 for 17. Trout's longest slump of his career is 0 for 18, so keep an eye on that. Uh, Noah Syndergaard threw a bullpen session. Still worth a stash, Noah Syndergaard? Absolutely it is. Okay. Miguel Cabrera left with back tightness. I hope you didn't start him. And uh, David Wright paused his rehab assignment due to shoulder pain. Don't expect to see him. Not that we were that excited, but it would have been nice to see him back on the field, that's for sure. But hopefully uh, Wright can can figure it out. Uh, all right. So yeah, I don't. It's weird. It's like I don't even know where else to go with today's show, right? It was that kind of day yesterday. So we're gonna look I, ahead. I, to- I really thought you were gonna go with hopefully Wright can get right. 
No, I already did the worth thing, and that was an accident, so. No, well, you need to start doing these on purpose. Okay. Well, you're right. <laughs> Bingo. Uh, we're going to look ahead to 2018 today and talk about Logan Morrison, talk about Jose Ramirez, talk about a couple of middle infielders who have gone to new teams and all of a sudden they're hitting for a ton of power. That's coming up in a second, but here, a second, but here's a segment called Still Better Than Polanco, Sad Face. Andrew McCutcheon is batting 228 with one home run in August, and he's still better than Polanco. Yeah, tale of two Augusts, right? For McCutcheon? You mean like last year? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, opposite, or he's, what's the call, what's it called? Uh, when you have like, you know, your alter ego? I don't know. Bizarro. Bizarro, Andrew Bizarro. McCutcheon. Okay, yeah. He's yeah. been bad. Comic book world. Do we have anything to say? We still think it's just a slump? Yeah. All right, fine. Fine, Scott, whatever. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Change of scenery for a couple of middle infielders. Howie Kendrick is 39% owned. 27 games with the Nationals. He's batting 348. Now, he had a very good batting average with Philadelphia, but he's hit five home runs in 27 games. He's slugging 618. OPS over 1,000 for Howie Kendrick with the Nationals. This is a guy who in his previous three seasons, if you take all the games in three seasons, I think it was 420 games, give him a 162-game pace. Kendrick was on pace for eight home runs per year. He's already hit five in 27 games with the Nats. Is he just seeing better pitches? You know, he's batting leadoff for a great lineup. Should we buy into Howie Kendrick? He's 39% owned. I really don't think we should buy into him beyond uh, just just a hot hand play. It's not like he has some absurdly high line drive rate to justify the BABIP he's putting up right now. Having a little power helps, but it's not like he's ever really been a power hitter. So I, I don't really trust it, and I, I don't think the need is is that great outside of deeper leagues. All right, how about, obviously you want to own, you want to start Eduardo Nunez, but just what he's been doing, they both have played 27 games with their new teams, and Nunez is batting 317 with the Red Sox. He's hit seven home runs. He has an 899 OPS. And it's not just taking advantage of Fenway. He's got four home runs in 17 games at Fenway. He homered last night at the Rogers Center. And now Nunez has three home runs in 10 games away from Fenway Park in those 27 games with Boston, mostly home games because the Red Sox play 140 home games a year. But um, he's probably not going to be shortstop eligible next year, Nunez. He's only made 12 appearances. I don't know. I, it's amazing. It's amazing what he's done. He's been so good with Boston. He hardly ever strikes out, too. So I, I, I think it's more or less sustainable. He actually has a lower BABIP as a Red Sox than he does as a Giant. And the home runs, they've been kind of high. But I think it's kind of making up for the very few he had with the Giants. Guy hit 16 home runs last year. He has a little bit of pop. I think, you know, home run pace might slow a little, but more or less... This is who Nunez is. You can trust him in your lineup at a weak position. And he's a steals guy. Now, Nunez has no steals since August 3rd. But at that time, he had played about a hundred, he had played about 80 games. And he had 20 steals. Or 21. And he was right on pace for another 40 steal season, which is what Nunez had last year. It's weird that he hasn't stolen a base in almost a month, but that, you know, those come and go. And he missed some time. He was a little banged up, I think. And he's homering. So Nunez, hooray for Nunez. Would you rather have Nunez or Gregorius? I would rather have, uh, hmm, I forget how I rank them. I, I think I'd rather have Gregorius unless I specifically needed stolen bases. I, they're pretty close. Is Eduardo Nunez the best shortstop eligible player on the Red Sox? So who who else is shortstop eligible on the Red Sox? Bogarts. Xander, yeah, Bogarts. No, Xander Nogarts. You know, I am actually doing a 30 bold predictions for 2018 column. Mm-hmm. It's uh, obviously 30 of them. It's pretty long. Been working on it for a while now. One of those bold predictions is that Xander Bogarts doesn't bounce back next year. His batted ball data is basically all the same as last year, except for the home run to fly ball rate. And that was an outlier for his career. So I kind of think Xander Bogarts, he may not be much better than this. And as for the rest of this year, I don't know. I'm I'm not particularly motivated to start Bogarts. I think right now I'd have to say I'd rather have Nunez. All right. 
Go to the faithometer with the double dongers from yesterday. How much faith do you have in these guys in your lineup rest of season? They have been slumping. But Jose Ramirez went two for three with a with two home runs, a walk, and a steal. Have a game, Jose Ramirez. He still started in 96% of leagues, but previous 32 games, a 583 OPS for Jose Ramirez. And then Logan Morrison, three home runs in his last two games. Let's start with Ramirez. Zero to ten on the faithometer. Ten being more faith. Ten, ten is being total complete, complete confidence. Oh yeah, lock in my lineup. This is the number three second baseman in fantasy this year, by the way. Yeah. So you know what I'm going to say, right? Ten. Yes. Okay. Yeah, this is not the first slump that Ramirez has had. He had a 23 game stretch in May with a 573 OPS. He came out of that. He's got a 32 game stretch with a 583 OPS, and hopefully coming out of that, he had two home runs yesterday. What about Lomo? I wrote Lomo off. I thought he was back to being just a non-fantasy asset. And since the All-Star break, he is batting two twenty three with eight home runs, but three home runs in his last two games. Your faith in Lomo. My faith in Lomo is about a six. I was on the verge of dropping him in a 12-team points league. Smaller roster size, only 21 spots. Oh, you were? Well, you, you dropped him. Why didn't I drop him? You did drop him. Oh, I actually did. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday for Sean Manaya. He was who I dropped for Sean Manaya? <laughs> yeah, but it didn't come in until this morning. Okay. All right. I forgot. Yep. I thought I had a so, feeling you forgot. Well, when you drop Sean Manaya, you have to make, when somebody drops Sean Manaya in your league, you have to make some tough calls, but I'd rather not drop Logan Morrison. Would you call the person who dropped Sean Manaya an idiot? I wouldn't because I wouldn't want to do that to his face. Uh, yeah, it was me. I did drop Shamanaya. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I didn't know that I wanted to drop Shamanaya, but I'm in the playoffs. Scott has a bye. I'm in a, the first round of the playoffs, which is two weeks. And yeah. right now, you gotta you gotta get guys in your lineup that you trust. So I had to drop Shamanaya. I think I dropped him for like Eddie Rosario or something, who's actually on my bench. So there, but still, yeah. Manaya hasn't really been that good. He's not striking anybody out lately. No, he's he's struggled. But I've I've been encouraged enough by his last two starts that if he had a two-start week coming up, unless it was just two dreadful matchups. I'd absolutely start him in a points league like that. So mm-hmm. uh, I think I recently had to drop Mike Fultonevich in that league. That's the kind of caliber of pitcher I was looking at. I think Manai is still a higher caliber than Fulte. Okay. Um, anyway, what, you were, what, were you, uh, what were you saying about Logan Morrison? You were, you know, six you put him on the tr- faithometer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just... Well, just that I don't want to drop him. I, I think, you know, he, he, he hasn't gotten much, as much credit for the adjustments he's made in terms of elevating, elevating the ball, uh, being a fly ball revolution guy, but he has absolutely been that this year. So I believe the power's legit. Uh, the plate discipline has been pretty good all year. And I think it was just a slump. All right. So you wouldn't consider dropping Lomo for Justin Bohr or Greg Bird? I won it. Now, I would consider dropping him for Eugenio Suarez, mm. who I recently picked up in in that same league and obviously opted to drop Lomo instead. Can't start both of them because there's only one utility spot. First base is already occupied by Hosmer, third base by Anthony Rendon. But just for that utility spot, um, I do tr- trust Suarez a little more than Morrison. I trust ZipRecruiter to find talent. Now, I'm sure it's not easy to run a business. The people you hire can make or break your company, so you need the best people. How do you find the best talent? Businesses of all sizes are using ZipRecruiter. So it's time for you to get on ZipRecruiter.com and get the word out about your job openings and try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. So with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click, and then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. So what about screening the candidates? Well, ZipRecruiter makes that very, very simple. You don't have to juggle emails. You don't have to take calls in your office. You just screen, rate, and manage the candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within one day. Within one day. That's tough to beat. So our listeners have a great opportunity here. You can post your jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's ZipRecruiter.com 
slash strike. One more time, everybody, try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. All right, Scott, here's an email for you. Email of the day as we're going to start looking ahead to 2018 a little bit. This is from Ryan. Dear Walter, Walter, and Walt. Another one. You know that one? It's got to be Breaking Bad, right? I mean, he's Walter, and his son is Walter Jr. I don't know the third Walter. Walt Whitman? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's probably it. How do you gentlemen value Danny Salazar, Zach Godley, Alex Wood, and Luis Castillo for 2018 and beyond? I can only <laughs> keep one of them, but the cost would be $3. So I'd like to get some feedback. Salazar, Godley, Alex Wood, and Luis Castillo. Oh man. Oh, you gotta keep wood, right? For three bucks? See the I, one? I could make an argument for any of them. And personally, I'm leaning Zach Godley. Now, he's, he's one of, these bold predictions are, are kind of comically bold. That bold predictions column I told you about, 30 bold predictions for 2018. One of the bold predictions is that Zach Godley, uh, is a top three Cy Young finisher. In the NL next year. That is comical. Wasn't so bold as to put him over Kershaw and Scherzer, but, you know, I, I think he's an ace. His swinging strike rate is third in all of baseball, and his ground ball rate is still top ten. Um, So I think, I mean, he's basically been an ace this year. Just some, you know, he's fallen a little short on the innings at times, and the win-loss record, he's gotten burned in that area. So it, it, it's not as obvious to people that Godley's become that good. Uh, I like Castillo's upside a lot, certainly like Salazar's a lot. Wood seems to have real durability concerns, so I'd put Godley even over him. That's interesting. I am not – look, I, I, the, all four of them are worth keeping for $3. I wish Godley threw a little harder. <clears throat> He's kind of like Dylan Bundy-esque with his fastball. I wish he threw a little harder, but look, I wish Kluber threw a little harder. You don't have to have a blazing fastball. I want to see how Godley finishes because it hasn't been great lately for him. It hasn't in terms of the control has been a little off, and that's kind of limited his innings some. But the swinging strike rate has actually gone up during that time. So, you know, it's not like it, he's just suddenly become not good anymore. Just struggled with control a little. I, I still have every confidence in him. Alrighty, so that's uh, that's a really good question and good options. Do you think any of them seem like so? Again, the four four were Salazar, Godley, Alex Wood, and Luis Castillo. Any four that you think might get overdrafted next year? Wood would be the best bet too, um, but. I I think Alex Wood is good. When he's healthy, he's must start. So I, I don't know. I could just see a situation where if if he particularly if he comes back, brings that ERA back down closer to two, he might get overdrafted as like a top twenty guy. When I think there are reasons to think he'll fall short of that. Okay, fair enough. Let's play hopeful or hopeless in two thousand eighteen. I give you a player, and you tell me if you're hopeful or hopeless in 2018. Michael Franco. Uh, well, if, if, can I only choose the extremes here? If I if I can only choose the extremes, which is probably what makes the ex- makes the exercise fun, <laughs> I'm gonna say hopeless. All right. So, what would you like to say about Michael Franco? I still like how little he strikes out for a player with the power he has, but it's been confounding here now two years in a row that it just hasn't translated to very good numbers uh, particularly you'd, you'd think it helped with batting average and it hasn't um be interested in looking at the batted ball data because i haven't in a while for him only a 231 babip and without a with with not a particularly high fly ball rate so it's possible he's just had bad luck two years in a row but it gets harder to buy with every year that it happens. Yeah, and I think I'm going to look up for Michael Franco right now. His rookie season, he came up, he played half a season. And let's just get the stats up. I so, mean, the batted ball data, 
that rookie season and the two years since, it's virtually identical year to year. You know, so, some yeah. small changes, but nothing that notable. He played 80 games in 2015, batted 280 with 14 home runs, 26 walks and 52 strikeouts, but or something like that. But uh, I think most of it was confined to like one month. That's what I'm going to look up right now. So let's see. In those 80 games, in the month of May, he played only 16 games. We'll ignore that. Yeah, the month of June, 352 batting average and eight home runs. This is half his home runs came in June. And he was good. Yeah, no, he was good in October. That More was three half. games. How many did he hit? He had 14? Yeah. Yeah, he hit eight home runs in 27 games. And then, you know, July, he hit, he only played 24 games. He hit one home run. And in August, he only played 10 games. He hit Two home runs. He batted well, 257. Well, he was playing so few yeah, games. Actually, <laughs> ten, I didn't realize he only played 10 games in August. But it yeah. was one big hot streak in June for Franco. Still, I mean, the, the peripherals seem to support the final numbers. And, in fact, maybe even undersell them. Because even that year, he had a 297 BABIP. And, again, it's not like his fly ball rate suggests he should be a low BABIP guy. So, I don't know. It's It's been... It's been a little weird, but okay. it's been weird for long enough that it's hard to argue against it. All right. Hopeful or hopeless in 2018, Robinson Cano as an elite player? Elite? Um, just so go, he just hasn't go to been last elite year. this year, right? Oh, hell no. Cano okay. is the number nine for second baseman in points, number 13 in Roto. I mean, just wanted can, to clarify but what we meant by elite. Just be as good as he was in 2016. It was damn good. I, I will call that hopeless, though I don't think it's literally hopeless. I don't have much hope for it. Okay. But I didn't have much hope for him last year. In fact, I called him a bust going into last year. I know. That's how I, know. I remember it. Well, then let's go to this guy, Jonathan Lucroy. Hopeful or hopeless in 2018? This is the most hopeless of all. You think so? Yeah. He has just lost his power. And at an age where... It's not terribly surprising for a catcher to do that. Um, I'm, I'm just hoping he signs somewhere to be an everyday catcher next year or, you know, primary catcher. Okay, so first of all, if he goes to Colorado, I think I, if he stays in Colorado, I think I'd be I'd be okay with him. But let yeah, me I th- you- and I think there's a pretty good chance of that. If he stays in Colorado, I think I'll still rank him as a top 10 catcher next year. But He's been really good at course. All right, let, let me give you a couple of slash lines. Slash line number one, 265, 310, 395. Everybody got that out there? 265, 310, 395. Slash line number two, 264, 326, 391. They are nearly identical. Very close, yes. One is Jonathan Lucroy in 2017. One is Jonathan Lucroy in 2015. (laughs) So he's already had this terrible year. He bounced back in 2016 and he batted 294 or 292 with 24 home runs. Just saying. I think there was, I think there was an injury that had something to do with that performance. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was, but that, his, his at bats were lower that year, weren't they? Uh, I do think Uh, you're right. I I do think you're right about that. Um, and also it was a different offensive environment. That was that was before the big home run explosion, the second half of 2015. So the standard wasn't as high. And he's for two in years, any position. And he's two years older. So yeah. uh, I agree. I just uh, I just thought that was interesting. That no, he's, it is interesting. He's had the same sure. slash line. All right. Uh, how about Mike Zanino as a post hype breakout next year? Hopeful or hopeless? Hopeless. He strikes out too much. Okay. Do, would you believe that he's the number 12 catcher in points and number 10 in roto this year? Catcher so bad that I'd believe it. I mean, he does hit home runs. Mm-hmm. And he's got a career high batting good. average here, 232. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I guess he's already had his breakout then. Hopeful or hopeless, Ian Happ, everyday player for the Cubs. Next year. I am hopeful. Good. And I'm not sure how exactly that comes about. Um, but, cause I don't, I don't think anybody notable like Zobrist is going to be a year older, and um, I presume there will be less incentive to play him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's possible they trade somebody, like Baez or Schwarber. It's it's possible. I'm not saying they will, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have hope for that. All right, 
And that has been today's edition of Hopeful or Hopeless in 2018. Back to yesterday's action. Two up, Christian Vasquez. Christian Vasquez, Red Sox catcher, is 17% owned. He is a top six catcher over the last 28 days, batting 400 with three home runs. So he's sixth in points. He's third in roto. That's with the 30th most at-bats in that stretch of 28 days. (laughs) So what does that mean to you with Christian Vasquez, who's 17% owned? Not a whole lot. If <clears throat> if it meant more playing time for him, maybe we could talk about it, but he's still starting less often than Sandy Leon. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Let's get Vasquez in there. Now, Scott, a rookie that we haven't talked about enough is Nick Williams. Overshadowed by Reese Lightning. I wrote a song for Nick Williams. Let's get Chris in here. I will sing it to – no, I'm just kidding. I did not write a song <laughs> for Nick Williams, but – uh, Nick, 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 Nick is the number 32 outfielder in points leagues and number 33 in roto since being called up. That was on June 30th. He's batting 286 with eight home runs, 30 RBIs, 30 runs, 10 doubles in 51 games, no steals and two attempts. But, you know, it's surprising. He's only had two weeks with more than 15 fantasy points in that stretch, yet he's top 33 outfielder. I don't know. I think Nick Williams, I know he strikes out a ton, but he's been pretty good. He's 40% owned. He has been pretty good. He, and he's been in a, a couple of the the staple columns, the uh, waiver wire column, which comes out a few times a week, and, and the top 10 sleeper hitters for the upcoming scoring period. He's made. He's had regular appearances in both. He's been much better than I expected him to be. Um, a lot of extra base hits. Doesn't walk a lot, which puts a puts a ceiling on what he can do for you. Certainly in a points league, it really in any format, because it's going to limit his run scoring opportunities in a deep lineup. And um, a, a lot of the hits have been of the extra base variety. It's not like he's had a ton of home runs. Home run, homer at a decent rate. But yeah. I think he's he's probably about on the level of like an Eddie Rosario who's gotten a lot more attention, especially recently. So who would you rather have, Rosario or Nick Williams? I think probably Rosario. Uh, I think Nick Williams' peak will be higher if it's like a keeper context. But right now I I would say Rosario. He feels a little more – feels just a little more um, trustworthy, I guess. Okay. I, I don't want to miss anything. I just yesterday wasn't the most exciting day, and Monday is usually our ad drop show. So we. How to- often do you say that, Adam? I feel like every day you're telling me it wasn't an exciting. day. No BS. It wasn't. It was only there were ten games yesterday, and and there was nobody that like Mike Montgomery emerged. Blake Parker. We haven't even emerged. talked about maybe the biggest. Okay, yeah. So what the am most, I missing? The most notable performance was Andrew Heaney. Mm, Andrew Heaney is in the notes. He is in the notes, sir. Okay, let's get to Andrew Heaney then. Andrew Heaney is 21% owned. Lucas Sims is 26% owned. Austin Pruitt is 12% owned. Is Heaney head and shoulders above Pruitt and Sims? Yes, he is. All right. Yes, he so, is the one in a standard mixed league that I would be looking to add today because he he comes from the best pedigree, first of all. He was one of the top 5 to 10 pitching prospects in baseball back when he first came up with the Marlins. His only extensive major league action was in 2015 with the by that point he had been traded to the angels and he had a respectable era it was 3.49 6.6 strikeouts per nine innings so you know there was there was still reason for skepticism then he had tommy john surgery he's only now coming back from a third start back and it was against the a's granted but 10 strikeouts and more notably, 19 swinging strikes. That's only one shy of Carlos Carrasco's season high. And it, uh, it coincides with some work he did in, in between starts on his curveball, helping shore up the command of that. It was a pitch he wasn't really able to rely on his first two starts back for the DL. I think if he has all three of his pitches working, uh, I, you know, we're not going to see double digit strikeout efforts every time, but I think he, there's, uh, an, a clear enough talent base here that this time of year he's he's worth a roll of the dice. I'd take him over somebody like Fultonevich or or um well certainly Pruitt and uh and who was the third one you mentioned there? Sims? 
Sims, yeah. All right, so this is Andrew Heaney we're talking about. 21% owned, starting pitcher for the Angels. He will face the Rangers this weekend in the second of two starts. And then I think he's at Seattle next week. <clears throat> so it might be worth a look. And um, I will just say that the A's are really bad and they strike out a lot. So that is actually why I was okay starting Parker Bridwell this week. It worked mm. for Andrew Heaney. Let's hope it works for Parker Bridwell. We shall see. All right. Um, well, thank you for pointing that out. I, I felt like I was missing something, some major storyline from yesterday. So Heaney with a very good performance. Let me talk about Yoli Shasin. Shasin, five innings, two hits, one run, four walks, three strikeouts against the Giants. He has a 185 ERA at home. He's home this weekend against the Dodgers. Next week, Shasin is home against the Cardinals. Then he's at Minnesota. Then he's home against Arizona. Then he's home against Colorado. So, uh, let's see. Including this weekend, four of his next five starts are currently, if he goes every five games, currently would be home starts. Uh, not to say that they're so great, but the ERA is low. What do you think about Shasin, 66% owned? Uh, I don't know. I've never been that excited about him, even amid all this talk about his home-away splits this year. Um, never been a big strikeout guy. And recently, his last, what, four starts were less than six innings? So it's not like even when he's pitching quote unquote well, you can count. I mean, he's had control issues during that time. It's, uh, I'm just not excited. I, I think he, in the two start weeks, like he's currently in, particularly in the points league where you don't have to worry so much about maybe the whip being up there for him with the walks, then he's, yeah, a fine option in a two start week, but I don't really care to start him in a one star week. Yolisha Seam we're talking about. Now, Scott, you just said to me, Adam, how many times do you say it wasn't a very eventful day yesterday? And to you, Scott White, I will say, Scott, how many times do you say he doesn't pitch six innings? I oh. I feel like we have to stop caring about that with some of the fringy starting pitchers, like the last pitcher that you're going to consider starting. You don't want to have multiple guys like that, but... I don't really right. care that much. No, it's 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 becoming less col- uh, common. Honestly, the quality stat start is is starting to mean more than it ever has because yeah, it's uh it it's becoming less common for pitchers to go the minimum required for that. But yep. in a way, in a way, I think it 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 means we have to pay even more attention to how pitch how deep pitchers are pitching into games because for the longest time. The assumption was if the ratios were good, you could trust that the innings would follow. And that's not true anymore. Some pitchers just don't get the innings. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, innings eaters are a, a hot commodity these days. Sky, you feel good about Aaron Nola and Jeff Samarja going forward? I do. And uh, I, I don't even think Samarja had any kind of rough patch. Really. This is six of seven quality starts for him. Nola obviously had gotten hit hard the last two starts, but... Everything we liked about him before that is still true with the velocity being up, the improved secondary arsenal. I think it was just a rough patch. He's good. Let's look at today's matchups then and start with the Indians and the Yankees. Trevor Bauer at Jaime Garcia. I don't think I'm going to start either. Learned my lesson with Bauer after that start against the Red Sox last time. Mariners at Orioles. Erasmo Ramirez, Dylan Bundy. I'll start Bundy. Okay. Good pitching well. Yeah, actually, this is interesting. Let's see how much rest he's on. I think he's on regular rest. And I do think you should start him. He's earned it. But if he doesn't do well in this start, then I think we can probably look at the... Yeah, so he pitched the 23rd. He's on a little bit extended rest. Uh, he'll have... That'll be a five-day rest. Four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Okay. Uh, R.A. Dickey at Mark Leiter. Ooh, tough calls They're here. They're both kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it would depend how much I needed another start. Like I'm, I'm not going to recommend everybody who owns them start them. But if if I was looking to squeeze in another start somewhere, either of these pitchers would be a fine option for that this week. Marlins at Nationals. Vance Worley at Edwin Jackson. Nope. Chris Sale. Yes. Brett Anderson. Nope. I didn't even know he really? was on the Blue Jays. Wow. Uh, me too. What? <laughs> 
Brett Anderson is starting for the Blue Jays tonight? How about <laughs> that? When did he wind up there? Okay. That, what? There's no way the Red Sox are losing this game. Chris Sale against Brett Anderson? Lock. Lock of the century. <laughs> uh, we got the Mets and the Reds. Chris Flexen, Sal Romano. I mean, I, I like Dickey and Leiter both more than Romano. So for consistency's sake, I'll say sit, but Romano's been a couple good seven inning starts yep. in a row, and mm-hmm. this matchup against the Mets is obviously a very good one. So he, he could be a sneaky play if you yeah. really need another arm. That's your like FanDuel sleeper. Uh, Texas and Houston in Tampa Bay, Martin Perez and Mike Fires. I'll do Fires. Luke I did Weaver. start Mike Fires. Oh, I'm singing a Luke Weaver song, Scott. My, uh, Luke Weaver, Matt Garza. <laughs> By the way, I can't really say Luke Weaver anymore. It it has, has to, to be, be sung. Has to be sung. Yeah. Has to be sung. At least it's, once per show. Yeah. You've you've those n- neural <laughs> pathways have been etched into my brain. Braveheart. Um, Braveheart. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna start Luke Weaver. And I Garza. believe he can get me through the night. Yeah, probably not through the ninth, but through the night. Pirates at Cubs, Chad Cool and Jake Arietta. Well, obviously Arietta and obviously not cool. James Shields, Irvin Santana. Not cool. Um <laughs> Irvin Santana is a good play, but not so much Shields. Alex Cobb, Jake Junis. Well, I'll I'll go with Cobb, the kind of run the Royals are on right now. This is his first start back from the DL, right? Yeah. So it's a little risky. Uh, actually no, I think he put went like four innings last week. Yeah, he did. He yeah. did. Uh, an effective but inefficient four and a third yeah. for Cobb last time. And yeah, I'll start him. I'm, I'm not totally opposed to starting Junis either, though, um, I would take Dickey and Leiter over him. I might slot him in between them and Romano. Gotcha. Tigers at Rockies. All right. Michael Fulmer at Coors against Genmar Marquez. Or, Look, or I was Ma- fine Marquez. starting Fulmer when he had the, in weekly leagues with the two starts, one of them not at Coors Field, but just for tonight if, if it's it's a daily league situation. No. All and right. no to Marquez, too. Put your, get your tuners on whatever channel the Dodgers and Diamondbacks are on. Rich Hill at Zach Godley. Start them both. Both these. Chris Smith for the A's. Tyler Scri- Troy Scribner, excuse me, for the Angels. Nope. Giants at Padres. Matt Moore, Luis Perdomo. Maybe more. Uh, I will, I will go. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'll go more ahead of both Leiter and Dickey. So yeah. I'll give him a probably. I'm starting him nervously, yep. but I'm starting him. Let's read some emails at fantasy baseball at cbsi.com. This is from Philip. Pick two to start. Barrios, Morton, and Peacock. All one start guys. Morton and Peacock. Oh. Man, I I know I think they face the uh Rangers. Okay. Is that right? More Okay, Morton has You know what? I'm going to Peacock make has the Mets and Morton has the Rangers, I think. Well, okay, that makes it even easier. I was going to say Peacock, but if it's against the Mets on top of it, absolutely Peacock. So are you going Barrios? Is Barrios facing the White Sox? Oh, I need to pick two. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. Um, hang on. I can pull that up pretty quickly here. Yeah, Barrios has the White Sox. Okay. Yeah, let's make Barrios the second choice then. Okay. Barrios and Peacock. Charlie Morton, just want to confirm. Oh, no, he also has the Mets. I thought he got the Rangers. He gets the Mets. Ooh, three good matchups. Okay, all right. Start the Astros then. Peacock and Morton. Sorry, Barrios. Okay, no problem. And they're both in a better park than they normally would be, pitching against the Mets in Tampa. This is from Hopeful Repeat Champ. A fringe team just dropped Miguel Cabrera. I'm in first place, locked in for a bye for next week as well. Should I put in a claim for Miggy? I currently have Edwin Votto and Zimmerman at first base, corner infield, and utility. Should I put in a claim for Miggy just in case he gets hot? It would depend on who you're dropping. I In the league where somebody dropped Miggy, our 12-team points league, where we don't even have a corner infield spot, I wasn't able to justify dropping anybody for Miggy. Um, so it's not an obvious yes. But if you have 
just kind of a, a player you could live without on your bench? Sure, yeah. I mean, there's a chance Cabrera blows up over the final four weeks. David in Chicago, what do you think about Dansby Samsonite, Dansby Swanson, rest <laughs> of season? I don't think he's going to quite break into break the mixed league threshold even at that position. He's been much better since returning, but still not enough power, not enough speed to measure up. It, it, he's just a deep league option. All right, this is from Scott. Do I drop Ian Desmond or Eddie Rosario? Uh, depends how much you need steals. Depends how much you need a shortstop, which Desmond could gain eligibility at some point. Who knows how soon it'll be. Um, all things being equal, I'd take Rosario. And Johnny Canuck, if that's your real name, that's amazing. Says, Dear Bob, Doug, and Hosehead. Oh, I have no idea. Hosehead. Bob, Doug. Yeah, clearly we're gonna be, uh, gonna be Googling here. Okay. Hosehead the dog saves the day. Strange Brew. I don't know oh, okay. what, what that is. It's a movie. Canadia stuff. Our playoffs start in two weeks. I've got a first-round bye pretty much locked up. Should I still be holding on to Bryce Harper, or should I drop him for some pitching depth, like I could drop Bryce Harper for Johnny Cueto? I think you should absolutely hold on to Bryce Harper. He will, I'm fairly confident, um, get a week or two of action before the end of the season. And I would like to get Cueto on your roster. But Harper is not the way to do it. Thank you, Scott White. Wonderful job today. Same to you, Adam. Same to you. He cannot I... reach 400 feet. He's reason lightning. <laughs> it's not bad, right? Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, thanks. No, it, it really. Yeah, I'm for anything that uh, hypes up Reese Hoskins more. Works for me. All right. So uh, for Scott White and a little bit of Chris Towers, I'm Adam Azer. We'll come back tomorrow. On the Wednesday show, recap the Tuesday action to get you set for Wednesday's game. See you later.